Okay. Governor's Day, April 11, and then April 18. Now, I've got something uh, from the Bible that kind of deals with all three to a degree. Uh, if I could get a couple guys up here to uh, hand some things out for me, too, that would be awesome. Uh, one per person. Verse 8. First Timothy 2, verse 1 says, I urge them, first of all, their requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. You know, I think as we, we, we go through the remaining days here to our Easter Sunday countdown, what I want to do is give you something that would kind of help you with this intercession. These requests and prayers that are being talked about here. I think for each of us, God only makes it easy for us. Uh, he's given us a group of people we already have relationships with, relatives, work associates, acquaintances, neighbors, close friends. You know, it's awesome to go out and knock doors, but how much would have to have an impact on those that we love, yeah. and our family members and friends, and, and those that we know are challenged by this world that don't have a relationship with God when it comes to our neighbors, work associates, acquaintances, and so on. So what I'd like us to do in our small groups tonight, our discussion groups, is take the time to, to fill these out. You don't need to complete them tonight, but it'd be a great idea to get everybody in your group praying for the individuals that you're praying for so we can really give God to intercede on our behalf in this area. When it comes to our Easter service, I think one of the things that's got to be evident to others around us is God yeah. in us. Yeah. And I think what that gets down to is not being so focused on Sunday. We're aware of what's going on around us. We've got the West Side joining us. There are going to be people that we all know, both from the West Side Church as well as those visiting the church for the first time. Let's, you know, we, we have the opportunity to do something really scary on Sunday. It's a lot less scary when people are on our turf to turn to our left and turn to our right and greet them. Yeah. You know, ask them, exchange names with them. Why are they there? How do they get there? Who are they going to come with? If they're looking for somebody, direct them to where those individuals are if you know who they are. And I think with that, I just want to give us a kind of a biblical perspective on this at 1 John 4, verses 7 through 12. Good old John is a love apostle, right? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Within these six verses, he uses the term love 13 times. He says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Amen, church? No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. How cool is that? Yeah. I mean, if we're going after that, when John talks about this passage, it'll be evident that God is with us. Because God will show through us through these expressions of love that John talks about here in this particular passage. So really keeping that in mind, you know, verse 9 says, God shows us how much he loved us. How do we show those visiting when it's on Easter that same love? Be ahead of ourselves. Again, love them, love up on them. 
You know, we, we used to use the terminology back in the old days, love bombing. I think we're going to that going on this Sunday, man. And I, I put that too. We're going to have response cards to give you out. I want everybody in the congregation to fill it out. Uh, I think just from the standpoint, if people are going to be looking around for this for the first time, guess what? Don't be around this for now. What do you think they're going to do? Uh, we're going to have three boxes to give away for everyone who pulls out a card because we are. Get connected to him. By the way, uh, I wanted to thank Mike. He did a crumb job putting these together, didn't he? These are our tables that are in the uh, front of our services. Our welcome table, our service table, and our heat connected table. want to make it easy for people, but at the same time, also for this guy. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with the response card, again, make sure you take the opportunity to fill it out completely so that, again, we have behaviors from Tamir. We'll have the way he's getting in contact with people in the future. Uh, you've got people that you know, you just kind of walking through things. Talk about what's going on when it comes to our uh, community service programs, stuff that we're doing for the poor and needy. I guarantee you, there will be a lot of people out there that really aren't going to be super excited about coming out to any other Easter or Christmas, but if we can come to that community service project table and they see the wide array of projects that we've got going, they will find something that will push their buttons that they'll get excited about that they'll want to be involved with us on. Amen? Uh, I think it, it may have been mentioned on Sunday. I'm telling you, short term memory is pretty good. Um, but you know, it's just the whole thing with Silverado, how these opportunities come up because of the involvement we had there. They want us to come back and set up the Bible talk after the facility. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. These are the kind of opportunities that are out there, amen? So, April 11th, what are we got going on April 11th? Next Wednesday, one that we, we have people out on spring break, and I think we've got people in your small group that aren't here. Let's be in communication to make sure there aren't any health needs or any other issues or challenges going on there. And, uh, you know, you may know that we're out of town. Let's encourage people to get out of next Wednesday because we do have Jaime here. We used to be part of the uh, CSA, Central South America. Um, a lot of missionary work through the years. And some of you who are Christians really don't even know what that's all about. Uh, for those of you that are more mature, you've been a part of ministries where we send people out. Uh, I, I remember the vets going to uh, Russia. I remember uh, Deuce Wynn and Sam Cruz who were baptized in our campus ministry in the East Region going to Vietnam. I mean, it was so cool seeing the, the, these men and women that were really well made difference like our own Ken Chow. And then, what, 17 years in the mission field? That's, that's incredible. And I mean, you know, with this, realizing that. We may not have been senders in that, in that way recently, but we've got a way to have an impact as well. May not be physically, by, but with our special, special missions contribution, raising funds that will fund churches, that will fund full-time staff, that will make a difference with some of the poor and needy in those areas. And realize we have the opportunity to part of something incredible here with the uh, NCAA, Mexico, Central America, as well as the Middle East. So, you know, when it comes to giving, I think uh, we can go one of two places. You're one of those two places right now. You're either excited about the opportunity, or you're thinking to yourself, man, what, what special missions are we again? What was just a year ago? Well, yeah! You know, it's amazing how those needs continue. Yeah. And uh, I think with that, I want to share about a woman and with the Alabama jar. I was just thinking of the story, but you know, when it comes to giving, people can have issues about it. 
You know, Jesus' guys were sitting there, Judas in particular, couldn't believe that this woman broke over that alabaster jar, which that was worth a bulk of money back then. A denarii was the daily wage that was earned. This was a year's worth of earnings, so about 300 denarius, or denarii, actually, what denarius was the daily wage? 300 denarii was what that alabaster jar was worth. And she broke it open and she anointed Jesus prior to his burial. And the guys were like, yeah, this could be the poor, this could be that, this could be the other. And Jesus kind of responds to them here in verse 6 of Mark 14. Mark 6, verse 14 reads, But Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. And sidebar, I'm so excited about our community programs we've got going. You know why? The poor will always be among us. We've got the opportunity to have an impact continually. You know, I mean, right now we're focusing on these different programs every weekend. There's stuff that we'll be able to do on an ongoing basis. Why? Because the poor are always going to be there. Jesus continues, but he says, you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, whatever the good news, whatever, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this women's deeds will be remembered and discussed. It's incredible. You know, the thing that's, that's key here is verse 8. He says, she has done what she could. She gave what she could. You know, it may have been the only thing of value that she had, but she gave it all. In Mark 14, verse 5, it reads, it could have been sold for a year's wages. We just kind of walked through the significance of that. But, you know, I think the thing that, that really stands out to me again is what she did. And with that, you know, I... This year, I'd like to see something a little different take place. You know, when it comes to our different missions, we, we know that the, the need is 10 times our weekly contribution. Some did time, 10 times a week last year. Some did 5, some did 25, some did 2. But what I'm trying to help a large percentage of our group with is really how God views giving zero. Now, I think many of you know, last year, 30% of our group gave nothing. And you know what? You may not be able to do it ten times. And I'm not holding your hand to the choir on that. But you know what? You can do something. This woman gave what she could. And wouldn't it be incredible this year if 100% of our ministry gave as they could? They do something. Amen? Now that we need to understand, and I've got to take some responsibility for this. You know, this is a relatively new group for me. It'll be two years to August. And in Ventura, we've been there for years. We've gotten to the point where we didn't really have to talk about special missions. We let people know when it was on the calendar. I think we talked about it once in between the month of January and what we gave, and that was it. And it may have been the assumption on my part, I may not have talked about it enough here. I may not have inspired or motivated enough here. And I, I want to take responsibility for that. This one of the reasons a little bit of a shift this year. We did talk about it in our workshop meeting here. I'm talking about it now. I'm in it now on the 11. And the reason for this is we need to be unified. Yeah, we, we need to see that there's a need. We need to understand how God feels about needs. You know, it's interesting, Jesus' perspective. We know how he felt about the woman with the alabaster jar here, right? He also said that those who show mercy to the poor, the sick, and the needy, are in fact ministering to him personally. And beyond that, we'll be rewarded accordingly. Take a look with me at Matthew 25, verse 35. Matthew 25, verse 35. 
close on this passage in, in verse 40. It's pretty cool. Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer the same, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Amen. Isn't that wild? And that, that was Jesus' perspective. And I think, just really thinking through this, when it comes to our gift, through special missions that we get from the MCA and the ME, it's viewed by Christ as if we had given to Him when it comes to the need in those situations. And I think we're all aware of this. There's no doubt that poverty's reach is both widespread and devastating today. But we even see in the streets of Redondo Beach, I mean, one of the wealthiest communities in the wealthiest state, in the wealthiest country in the world, and just the indigent, whether it's those that are homeless because of circumstances or drug abuse or whatever, it's everywhere. It's rampant. And we cannot be indifferent toward those in need. Right. I think one of the things that we really need to embrace as a church is that zero shouts out indifference and selfishness. I think God's expectations for us in regard to taking care of His core are woven throughout the scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament. I want to look at one other passage here, Jeremiah 22, verse 15. Kind of the it's kind of cool perspective here is God talks about King Josiah. In verse 15, he says, Are you a king because you excel in cedar? Did your father eat and drink and administer justice and righteousness? Then it went well with him. He took up the case of the poor and needy, then it went well. Is this not what it means to know me? This is the Lord's declaration. You know, I think sometimes because of where we live, we can be caught up in who we are, we can be caught up in what we have, or even what we think we need. Now, I'll never forget Gerald Dobby sharing up this years ago. He's a brother down in San Diego. Evangelist down there. Uh, he's gone. I, I, I'm not sure exactly where he's at. It's a grand scheme of things. I believe he's partially supported by the church and self supporting himself. But he had some brothers over from India years ago. And he took them out to his house. And these guys were blown away by what we have here stateside. So much so, one of them made the comment Boy, this is, this is heaven. You even have a house for your car. I mean, you know. Kind of convicted, you know. I mean, when you look at the, 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 the squalor and the challenge they have, for them to come over here and we have houses for our cars. I mean, you know, just from a standpoint of their perspective, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of humorous when you think about it, but it's really kind of sad too that you got families who give whatever they have to have a garage yeah, to put their family in. So, you know, I think in a lot of ways we live like kings. God talked about King Josiah here when it comes to relationships with most of the world. We have to be careful. We need to really have that willingness as needs come up to be willing to meet those needs based on the way God has blessed us. Amen? Amen. One final passage on the giving, and uh, we'll transition to April 18th. You know, Moses, 
instructed people how to treat the poor and the needy. Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. So says, give generously to them, and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. In Proverbs 14, 31. First kind to the needy honors God. You know, I think we have some incredible things ahead of us here in the next few months. And, and just really thinking through this, you know, I, I really appreciate where the church is headed today. I think we have an incredible balance that's being developed. You know, we were the Matthew 28 church, and then after our little love people, we became the Let's Focus on Ourselves church. With all kinds of incredible programs and, you know, situations and teachings and specialization. But now I really believe that we're finding the balance, and that it, it's got to be both. We've got to be aware of what's still taking place in situations that where people do not have as well off as we do. And we also need to be aware of those individuals within our communities that don't have as well off as we do spiritually. And they're really being that balance. And I really believe we're forging forward in this. And I really want to commend those of you that have been involved with our programs in the, with the community service projects that we've got. You're making a difference. You know, as you got out there this weekend, you opened your mouth and knocked on doors. You're making a difference. You're planting seed. And God will bless that. Right? Again, it says, God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. What? If we give generously, if we take care of those that are in need. So, you know, one of the things that I want us to do uh, tonight and next Wednesday is within our small groups is to make sure that we're helping each other move forward together with this. This is a matter of a weekly beatdown, a weekly tracking. We're going to do this twice prior to missions where uh, we take up a pledge within our small groups. Put, put a number down on a piece of paper, fold it in half. It'll get turned into the administrators. We'll track it by small group two times based on your giving. We're not going to go back to, you know, asking individuals on a weekly basis where things are at, but our administrators will track it for those of you that give ahead of time. Some of you have already turned in. Uh, your, your special missions based on the tax return that you've already received or whatever the case may be there. But let's make sure that we're united in this so that there will be no one here this year that gives nothing for God. Now, I don't care if it's a two time, a ten time, a three time, whatever, but let's all be involved and unified on this this year, right? April 18th. You know, we heard, uh, we've seen this with the sharing the gospel, shaking off the dust, scratching off the rust, whatever. And uh, if we could get the uh, slide up, uh, I, I got it down on the bottom of the, uh, what is that, what, what is the thing that, there you're on it, I don't know the vernacular, but it's in my computer. <laughs> you know, again, I want to thank Brian and uh, David Bruce, uh, you guys remember David Bruce in a workshop meeting there? Okay, he has put together, uh, I commissioned him to put together a parenting book for us, very similar to the format we have in our essential way. Uh, Brian designed the cover for him. And uh, as you can see here, join us in this workbook based discussion series parenting with all of mine. How understanding the way the brain works to help you build a stronger family. I know it's helping with my kids. First, uh, I had a long time ago. It made it a little bit easier to understand you know, that whole elephant rider challenge for those of you who were in the, the uh, workshop, you know what I'm talking about. Can we uh, pull up the, uh, the next slide that I've got in there, too? Okay, so basically, we're going back to small groups on April 18th. We have this seven week, uh, actually, actually it's eight week series. There's seven courses, but the first week we're going to have open house, hors d'oeuvres, get people in our homes, 
orientation session, and really just uh, helping people understand that it's a Bible-based uh, study series. And uh, from there, uh, again, we've got several weeks within the booklet, just an incredible means of reaching out to our neighbors. Uh, you will fill it out with the date and the time and the address meeting based on the location you decide to have with your small group. But, you know, we've, uh, we've scraped off the rest, we've shaken off the dust a little bit, and you guys are primed and ready to go, amen? That was awesome. I felt you guys are ready to go. That's a good thing. And you know, here's the thing. It doesn't need to be some big, expansive grid like we just did. But you know what? Take a couple streets in your neighborhood. Get the small group out based on wherever it is that you're going to be holding it. And go from door to door. Let them know what's going on. I mean, it's incredible. At the Women's Day, there were individuals that uh, understood that we are having this parenting thing. Quite a few people interested. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was all the response card. There were a lot of people that wanted to be a part of this. All the students here will get back here. I know I emailed you from the responders, but you will get back your card and we'll get back to call the parents so that you can follow up for you. You know, one of the things that's really clear in recent dust and rust set in is we can get a little laid back in our approach to things. You know, when we look at Moses or Joshua, what do they have in common? Anybody? One of the things I like is the old guys. Hey, what did Moses get his ministry up and going? 80. Joshua. I mean, it was amazing. This guy's out from battle, and he's in his 80s. So, you know, there's hope for guys like me still. But, you know, they were courageous. They didn't sit by the wayside. They were in the battle. They were out there in action. They were proactive. They took initiative. They made things happen. You know, there's another guy that comes to mind that had the same mindset, that's Paul, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. I have two more passages and we will be done. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. It says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I become a slave to all people and bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I looked like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those fellow, with those who followed the Jewish law, I also lived under the law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share the weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in his blessings. Don't you realize that in the race, everyone who runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run with a purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after increasing others, I myself might be disqualified. You know, another thing's with Paul. I want to do all things to all men. Paul trained. He was focused. He was deliberate. Anybody out there know Dr. Tom Amberry? Any basketball guys? The big Kahuna free throws mean anything? There's never any basketball guys out there. Well, I will read this for you. Maybe it'll ring a bell. On November 15, 1993, the 71 year old man stepped up to the line in a local gymnasium and sunk. 
2,750 free throws in a row. He walked away without a miss. You know, the thing is funny about it, it took him about 12 hours to accomplish this. It went on so long, the guys at the gym got fed up. They said, dude, you need to finish up because there's a lot of coming going on. I want to continue. So as the amazing feat, which took 12 hours to accomplish, was witnessed by 10 people who submitted sporting affidavits against working records. The record was accepted by Guinness, and he is now listed as the greatest free throw shooter of all time. The remarkable man is Tom Amory, known as the big kahuna of free throws. Dr. Tom, now 81, coaches college and high school players. He gives motivational speeches to national corporations and civic groups. He has had shootouts against NBA players and has never lost. Wow. He has appeared on many local national TV shows, including the David Levin Show and the Nightly News. So what's his secret? Focus and concentration, says Dr. Tom. When I'm shooting a free throw, I don't think of anything else. I'm 100% positive I will make the basket. Never have a negative thought on free throw. You know, as a college player, Dr. Tom was twice All-American in the nation's high score. His plan to become a professional basketball player was interrupted by World War II. He spent four years in the U.S. Navy. Later, he was offered a two-year no-bet contract with the Lakers, but turned it down to become a podiatrist. Dr. Tom shoots 500 free throws every day in the gym in Orange County, California. He shoots with 99.5% accuracy. Now, 27 to 50 in a row, what kind of focus is that? You know, I think one of the other things that's key here with them is the secrets in the doing. You know, this was so awesome about what took place Sunday. The secret is in the doing. You know, getting out there, going after it. Get rid of it. What do you say? I totally cleared my mind of all negative thoughts. I have 100% focus and 100% positive. Yeah. You know, with that, Easter Sunday, Well, Easter and Sundays. You know, guys, we no longer have the 4 p.m. blues. Amen? Amen. We no longer have the parking challenges in Temple Menorah. Amen? Amen? And I think with that, guys, we have no longer any excuses to why we don't bring people out consistently to Sundays. Yeah. You know, I'm glad we have a Christian once in a while. I mean, it kind of helps, helps my heart. That's the long and short of it, so, you know, all of our hearts can come together perfectly. But I mean, just thinking through that, guys, we have an incredible opportunity where we're at at Miracosta. Let's have the focus of this Dr. Tom and make sure that we get the fear out and we get the focus back. And with that, we're going to see so many more areas get baptized in the Christ. Amen? Final passage, chapter 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the commands and the prophets are based on these two commandments. You know, as we head through the remainder of the week here going into Easter service, please take the opportunity to fill out your little circle of influence. Be praying about it. You've got kids, get your kids praying about it. We saw what an incredible joy gift they were this weekend going out with you. Amen? Amen. And let's make a difference in our neighborhoods here in the weeks to come as we get into April 18th with our parenting workshop. We had a number of people who were converted, became Christians after the essential age. Guys, there are so many people with kids that want help. 
when they see how God works through the scriptures and see the love we demonstrate for each other, it will have an impact. It will make a difference. Just kind of practical as one of the small groups tonight. Again, you take the time to give the prayer list. Uh, you know, when it comes to the individuals coming out this Sunday, you may want to take the opportunity here after Easter's done to make sure that when it comes to friends, family members, and whatnot, that is the focus of prayer as we get into April 18. Uh, special missions. Everyone's a part of that this year. And again, when it comes to the small group, guys, we just want to pledge for the group. You don't have to put your names on. I know, you know there could be whatever with that. Let's just get everybody involved, everybody with a pledge, turned in, and then uh, keep in mind, too, the situation with bombers. We do want to break those out next week. So, um, uh, obviously, they won't be updated at that point. But we are having a contest for that. I want to make sure that each of the small groups get their uh, thermometer out for that. And then April 18th, again, parenting workshop. Figure out your small group, which neighborhood plan is going to be. As we head into the 18th, we get our friends and family members out to our parenting workshop. Amen? Thank you. God's dismissed.